0: So we've been talking through uh, November and also December. We've been talking about thanks living, that when we give and when we give ourselves away, we really do live. So thanks plus giving equals thanks living. And so I want to encourage you to continue to do that. How important it is just to give praise to the Lord and to thank him for all the things that he's done for you and given to you and sharing together. So let's keep that up and do that. But it also reminds me just of thanks, thinking of Thanks living, of thanks praying and how important that is. And I've been sharing with you that, that I've just been really having a hard time remembering to pray before I eat my meals. Uh, if I'm with you, then I remember to do that. I did that at lunch with my mother this, uh, this afternoon and I, I prayed, but um, even this morning I didn't pray before I had my breakfast. And so I've been working on that, and you guys have had a lot of fun with me. And this week, I, on Wednesday, I got an email from somebody in our church, and uh, he will go nameless, but his initials are TC. So just just in case, you know, you might know who that is. But he emailed me on Wednesday, and here's what it said: Okay, I sat down to eat my lunch, and before I did, I prayed for my food. I told God that I am not like my pastor that seldom does. <laughs> Just joking. I think God smiled too. Love you, bro. (laughs) And I'm all right about that. I'm totally all right about that. You can have fun with me. But here's my response back. My brother, I have good news to report. I actually did remember to pray before I ate lunch today. (laughs) And then I put big, bold letters. It's a miracle, all right? So I hope you do better than I do when it comes to that. And I'm trying to get back on pace able to do that. I mean, I pray every day, get up early and pray as I did this morning, but just I'm, I'm keep forgetting about that. So maybe in your prayers, you could pray for this pastor who oftentimes doesn't pray for his meals and he could get it down again. All right. We've also been doing 30, 31 days of kindness of trying to extend ourselves into people's lives and be a part of their life. And you've shared stories with me. Uh, I'm not going to share any tonight, just in, in the matter of time, but uh, hopefully next week, if you come, I'll share some more with you. But, uh, Maybe I could just tell you some of the things that I've got at Michael, something like that. People smiling, friendship strength, and cookies delivered, cookies taken next door. I wrote those words, just in case you didn't know that was part of Silver Barrel's song, but, uh, you know, I'm getting as creative as Todd. I'll tell you what, I'll be making videos next, okay? (laughs) Just a little bit of fun, right? What? Oh, it's just Nicole says, don't go that far. You're right. You're right. All right. So, that's a little bit of humor, but we got some more. We've been doing that pretty well here lately. So some Christmas things. Mary, exhausted, having just gotten Jesus to sleep, is approached by a young man who thinks to himself, "What this girl needs is a drum solo." <laughs> All right. Well, another one. Speaking of drums, what's the best possible holiday present? A broken drum. Broken drum. You just can't beat it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of presents, kids, what's the best thing to give your parents for Christmas? A list of everything you want. (laughs) And lastly, this fits really good today. Why is it so cold in December, Christmas? Because it's December. I picked that out on Thursday. No idea that it would be this cold and this this, uh, snowy today. But uh, just a little bit of humor to keep you going a little bit and be a part of each other's lives. We've been studying and we've been using this book right here, an Advent book by Max Licato called In the Manger, 25 Inspirational Selections for Advent. And uh, some of you haven't been here, so let me just kind of catch you up on that. This is our fourth sermon in that. But our, our first sermon was on the topic, Why Would He Come? <clears throat> and in that, this is the thought. Jesus did not come to impress us. He didn't come to impress us as a great teacher, though he was. He didn't come to impress us as a miracle healer, which he was. 37 recorded miracles in the Gospels are here. John says in the end of his chapter, he says, there were more miracles than what are in my book and in any of the other books. But really, he came, this, came for this reason. He came to save those he loved. Even Jamie emphasized that in her little kids sermon. He came to save those that he loved. And that's you and me. All of us are the people that he loved. Our second sermon was called Christ in You, that Jesus Christ came to be with you. That's Emmanuel, which means God with us, okay, as it's in Matthew chapter 1. God with us, but he also came to be in us, to be a part of our lives. Not just with us, kind of sometimes we think about that on the outside, but he came to be in us. When we come to know him as our Savior, we invite him to be a part of our life. He comes in through the Holy Spirit and he's a part of our lives. And because he's a part of our lives, he wants to come out of us. Our actions, the things that we say, those are the things that should come out of us because Jesus Christ is in us. Now, we know, honestly, that doesn't always happen. It might have even happened to you today that Jesus Christ didn't come out of you in something. But the fact is, He is in us, and when you know Him, He can come out of you because He's with you and He's in you. Our third sermon was last week, and we used the topic, linger near the manger. How good it would be to linger near the manger? as we talked about that, we said, look at Mary, look at Joseph, look at the shepherds. They had the, uh, oh, obedience. See, God interrupted their lives. Things changed for them drastically. They're just going along easy, easy peasy, as they say, right? And all of a sudden, God speaks into their life and says, this is now how things are going to be. And we talked about that, and we talked about the fact that interruptions come our way. Even a person leaving this morning said, how are you doing with (laughs) out-eruptions? Not just interruptions, but how are you doing with out-eruptions, right? And so let me ask you, how'd you do this week with those interruptions that God allowed to be a part of your life? I did pretty good. I was kind of proud of myself that I did better than maybe I normally would do, like when your wife gets the flu on Saturday night. And all of a sudden, things change. We're not having waffles after this service tonight with my family because I don't make waffles, and she's sick. Oh, yeah, I know this is a small thing, but it's an interruption in life. We didn't plan on that. We're not going to be able to do what we're going to do tomorrow. Okay. How about you? The interruptions that come in your life. Christ is in us. He wants to come out of us. And I hope that you'll keep working on that, just like I'm challenged to do that. But today's topic is, that's what love does. It's chapter 20 in here. And let me just read to you what Max Locato starts off with in this chapter. He said, would you do what Jesus did? He swapped a spotless castle for a grimy stable. He exchanged the worship of angels for the company of killers. If you were God, would you? I wouldn't, but Christ did. If you knew that those who loved you would laugh in your face, would you still care? If you knew that the tongues you made would mock you, the mouths that you made would spit at you, the hands you made would crucify you, would you still make them? Jesus did. He humbled himself. He went from commanding angels to sleeping in the straw, from holding stars to clutching Mary's finger. Why? Because that's When well, we look at John chapter 1, verse 1, John begins his gospel by kind of putting the story in a little bit different scenario than what the other authors do, the other gospel authors. He says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And when he speaks of the Word, it's the word logos. We get our word logistics from it, reasoning, putting things together. He's saying to the people that he's writing to that, that the Word is Jesus, and he's saying He's the reason. We put it together like this, the reason for the season, of course, right? But he's saying, He's the reason. He's the reason for life. And we have to seek Him and move toward Him because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's saying, Jesus is God. In John chapter 10, verse 30, as Jesus is with the people there, he says this this incredible statement. He says, I and the Father are one. And they didn't like that. The Jewish leaders did not like that. Because he knew that he was saying he was God. He's equating himself with God, the Son of God. I am God. And that didn't work for them. But we have to understand that Jesus is God. And then when we use verses like this, even Jamie took us to 1 John. When we look at 1 John chapter 4, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love doesn't know God, because God is Love. Jesus is love. Because they are co-equal. Because In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Sounds a lot like John 3.16, or a lot like 1 John 3.16, as Jamie used. God is love. Jesus is love. He goes on to say, just a few verses later, He says, So we have come to know and believe that the love... That God has for us because God is love. Jesus is love. Whoever abides in him abides in God, abides in Jesus. That's John chapter 15. And God abides in him. But as Jesus came, I think we can say this. Jesus was love wrapped in a human body. Jesus was love wrapped in a human body. It was on the screen earlier, John 14. He says this as John goes through. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, God, the Son of God, put on flesh. He wrapped himself in love in a human body. He put skin on, just like we have. He moved into our neighborhood, as some have said. He's right here with us, to be with us and to show us the way to the Father. Now, we can't explain how God can... God and Jesus can be fully God and fully man. We can't explain that, just like we can't explain the wind blowing in Pueblo West. We can't explain that. We, we don't understand. I mean, I know there's meteorological things, right? But we really can't explain that, how that happens. Even John or God, Jesus said that in John 3, talking to Nicodemus. Is, don't you understand? You know, the wind blows where it is, but, but you, you don't see it, but you understand that it's there because you feel it. We don't understand how the stars shine. We don't I I know there's astrological explanations, but we really don't know how that happens. Well, I tell you, God said shine in the creation. He said, you shine. Shine it out well. We don't understand those things. So we don't understand even theologically, even reasoning why how we can understand how God can be fully God and fully man in Jesus, but it's true. We have the record of it in four Gospels. Help me out. Matthew? Mark, Luke, and John. The explanations are there. They were right there to be able to witness that and to share with us and to come back and we get to read it some 2,000 years later of who Jesus is, that he is fully God and fully man in that. You know what, I'd, I'd encourage you. You might have already done this. Take your Bible tonight, take your phone, whatever works for you, and read the story, his story, the history of Jesus with your family. Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 2, Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2. Maybe you've already done that. We did that yesterday with my family down from Denver, grandkids being there, being able to share together and read that story, the, the gift that God has brought into our world, this, this Jesus, fully God, fully man, wrapped in love in a human body, and we're thinking about that. Lucato says this, Jesus humbled himself. He went from commanding angels to sleeping in the straw. And why did he do that? Why did he do that? Because he loves us. He has, wants this relationship with us. He wants to show his love. He wants to demonstrate his love to us. You know, he could have been up in heaven and he could have just shouted out so that everybody would hear it. I love you. Yeah. 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 Well, that's if he's in the Grand Canyon. Okay? But the fact is he could have done that, but no, 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 no. He said, Listen, I need to demonstrate my love toward you. Not just tell you that. I need to demonstrate it. So he wrapped himself in a human body. God love wrapped himself in a human body. But even greater than that, he demonstrated it by what he did on the cross for us. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in this. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died. He didn't ask you to clean up before you'd come to Him. He didn't ask you to change things. He said, you just believe. While you're in your sin, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to take your sin on my body, on the cross, in the tree, so that you might become the righteousness of God through me. Wow. That's an incredible demonstration of His love. That passage I just quoted from Romans chapter 5, this is what Paul says before that. He says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would die. But God shows his love toward us. Though while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We all understand that. fact that, yeah, you know, I might die for that person, but I'm not going to die for that person. They're too wretched. Jesus said, no, you're you're all. You're all the people I'm going to die for. I'm going to demonstrate my love for you. And I'm going to do it by opening my arms, dying on the cross and saying, I love you this much. As we think about his love that he has for us, this fact of next is he lavishes love on us. In 1 John 1, 3, 1, it says this, how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. I love that. I love that word lavish speaks of it in Ephesians chapter 1, it speaks of him lavishing his grace on us too. That's such a good word. It's so descriptive. That, that he lav- He overflows. It's abundant in our lives. It's not just a little bit of love. It's a lot of love that he has for us. And he lavishes it toward us. That as we come to know Christ, we become a part of his family. That's why he can call us children of God. Now, we're, we're all creatures of God and the creation that He makes of us, but only those who are part of His family and join His family are children of God. And I hope that you are a child of God and that you've given your life to Him. you said yes to Him. Because it doesn't just happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by just coming to a church. It comes by making a decision to follow Him and to say, I choose you to be a part of my life. I want to be forgiven of my sins and I want to have this relationship with you. Maybe you think about Christmas time and the giving of gifts, you've maybe received a few and you know, maybe you've opened a few so far or given some and they're under the tree maybe, but well, what's something you would like to receive lavishly? Maybe the love of a parent or a Sibling. Uh, another family member. Maybe there's a friend that you really, you want, you want to have this relationship with them and, and you'd love for, for that to be taken care of lavishly. Not just a little bit, but, but a lot of love to be able to be demonstrated in that. Uh, would, would like maybe in your life, uh, would you, if you received a million dollars, do you think that would be kind of lavish? Where do I line up, right? <laughs> Get me in line for that, right? That, that would be pretty lavish in my world. Uh, some of you, I know you're a billionaire, so that wouldn't be any big deal to you my life, a million dollars would be pretty good, right? That would be lavish if somebody gave that to me. What about maybe forgiveness? What if somebody just lavishly forgave you for something that you did that hurt them? Maybe you didn't mean for it to hurt them, but it, it just, it happened. And I'd love for it. That kind of love to be able to lab, be lavished on me. There's a book called The Five Love Languages. Anybody here read that book? A few of you read that book, and it's a really good book. It's a really good book. And in that book, Gary Chapman, the author, says there are five kind of ways that we like to receive love. It might be through encouraging words. It might be through acts of service. It might be through quality time. It might be through gifts. And it might be through physical touch. That we like to receive love that way. Now, if you're married, this is this is some marriage counseling I'm doing for you right now. Okay. If you would recognize, if we would recognize how our spouse likes to be loved and we would give love that way, it would improve your relationship greatly. But see, typically what we do is we give love the way we like to be loved. And so when it comes to our mate or a friend and they say oh well that's nice you didn't hit the mark okay but if you love them the way that they really think love means to them and it grabs onto them it makes a huge huge difference and we're all that way we have these ways that are important to us that this means you love me if, if I gave my wife a gift it's not really a big deal But if I go out and buy her manure and put it in the garden, yeah. Now, that wouldn't work for you at your place, right? But it works at my place because that's really important to you. Some of you are going, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. That speaks to my wife because she loves for me to give acts of service. So I don't buy her gifts. I don't buy her rings and bracelets because that doesn't speak to her. It's not important to her. What speaks to her is for me to serve her. And I could do a better job, too. All right? I didn't get her any manure this year for Christmas, okay? Just so you know, okay? But maybe for Mother's Day, all right? <laughs> see, see how that difference it makes? And you have a way you like to receive it, too. And if we would work that way, it would be amazing what God could do in our lives. If you just recognize that. Now, that's not biblical, but it's just, it's It's reasonable. It's practical in our lives. And I would hope that maybe this Christmas, you'd be the recipient of a lavish gift towards you. In a way that says to you, and I love you, you're important to me. You're valuable to me. Because that's what Jesus did for you. He demonstrated his love lavishly. He couldn't give any more than what he gave, right? Right? Everything, his body, his blood, the greatest gift you could ever receive. Jesus' love can cover over a multitude of sins. It says in 1 first, first Peter chapter 4, Above all, let's love each other deeply, for love covers over a multitude of sins. We all need for our sins to be forgiven. All of us have that. Well, of all sin, fallen short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3. We know that. We understand that. And those sins need to be forgiven. I can't forgive you of your sins. You can't forgive one another of your sins. There's nobody can do that. Only God can forgive you of your sin. And I hope they've experienced that. There's a heavy weight carrying your sin around. There's a heavy burden carrying your sin around. And the Lord wants to take that burden away from you. That shame, that guilt, that embarrassment that we have in our sin. And He wants you to be free of that when you come to know Him as your Savior. We we put it in terms of the ABCs. Many of you have heard this. Admit to God you're a sinner, as we all are. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He died on the cross for you. See, confess your faith in Him. Say yes to Him. Choose Him to be a part of your life. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin because He's the only one that can do that and He wants to do that for you. That's why He's come, to be able to take care of our sin and to bring us into a right relationship with Jesus Christ because as I mentioned earlier, he died on the cross for your sin he took your sin upon himself so that you would believe you wouldn't have to bear the punishment for all that you've done and you wouldn't have to stand before God and he would say you didn't give forgiveness you had forgiveness, it was right there it was a gift, it was a free gift of God for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, as Jamie quoted earlier. Wow. <sighs> Get forgiveness for your sin tonight. My friends, if you've never done that, ask Him right now. Lord, you recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that you love me. You demonstrated that on the cross. Now I just ask, would you take away my sin? Would you give me a life with you? Would you clear up the separation? from me to you through Jesus Christ, the cross of Christ. make sure you don't leave tonight without Jesus. Make sure that you go home with him as a part of your life. You know, and maybe just practically, maybe there's some people you're gonna gather with tomorrow. There's been an estrangement there. And maybe what you need to do is you just need to forgive them let go of that hurt and that pain. Yeah, I know it hurts. I mean, we've all been there, right? Let go of it. God, would you help me to forgive this? Maybe you can't go to them and say that, but you can say it inside, and God will use that to open up that door. They may not even know it happened, but God can open that door if you just say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. Whatever I've done, I want to have the right relationship. Lastly, as we think about love, what Jesus has done for us, love goes the distance. Love goes the distance. Think about all the unfair things Jesus had to endure while on the earth. Lakato put it for us. He said, if you knew that those who loved you would laugh in your face, would you still care? If you knew that the tongues that you made would mock you, the mouths that you made would spit on you, the hands that you made would crucify you, would you still make them? Probably not. But Jesus did. He knew that was going to happen when he created us. He knew where his purpose was as he came. For Jesus didn't come to be served, but to, to be served and to give his life as a ransom for me. He knew what his purpose was. And it cost him greatly. But he still went through with creating us. Why did he do that? Because he loves us. He cares for And he wants us to have a relationship with the Father through what he has done for us. So, as we think about this day and we finish up, let the love story of Jesus Christ the Savior, which started humbly in the manger and seemed to be over in a crushing defeat on the cross and being placed in a tomb. Ah, ah. But there was this victorious resurrection and then his ascension. Amen. We're so thankful for that. He has risen. He has risen indeed. So, when you think about Jesus, how could you say no to this man? The one who came and his love was wrapped in a human body. He demonstrated that love towards you and he had a lavish love for you. And he goes the distance. He went the distance could have, could have backed out of it up. Man, no, this is too hard. I am not going through with it. He didn't do it. He said, I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way to the cross for you. I'm going to rise again. It's going to be a great day in that. Say yes to him. Say yes to Jesus. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather tonight. Thank you for everybody that's here. It is so kind of them to come and to worship you. Please, help each person to say yes to you. Because that's why you came. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's true. Jesus came. Wrapped himself in love in a human body. Demonstrated that love toward us. And Father, we thank you that even as we sing in just a moment, it, it was a holy night in a sense. Filled with wonder. Filled with joy. And, uh, then it was, well, I don't know if it really was a silent night. <laughs> Animals, a mom giving birth, and you know, that's usually not very silent. But the fact is, we look at it now, and we recognize what you did in that. Thank you. Thank you for Christ.